Welcome back, everyone. It's episode three. It's 10.58. I know I'm recording and uploading this podcast super late because I pretty much uh, didn't have time to do it today because I decided to wait three hours until I went to the gym because that's how long it took me to decide if I actually wanted to go or not. But then, you know, that little motivator inside of me was like, there is no choice. You have to go to the gym. So I went. And it was actually a pretty good day. I actually made a friend at the gym. And, uh, you know, it's anybody that goes to the gym, it's so weird to make friends there. It's just so weird to, like, you always feel like you're bothering someone if you talk to them at all. Everybody, everybody there is, has their straight face on, you know, everybody, they're just there to do their workout. Most, some people are there, you know, to show off or whatever, but point is, it's kind of awkward to talk to people, especially as guys also, because, you know, there's a lot of homophobia. So it's weird to just walk up to someone and be like, Hey, what's your name? Especially if it's a guy, but anyways, I did it. I made a friend. I decided to make a friend just because this dude is really strong. And, uh, you know, it was really cool. He gave me a lot of tips, a lot of insight on working out and training. And it just made my day better. And it also motivated me to record this podcast, even though it's 11 o'clock. But let's get into it. There was a lot of stuff that happened today. Um, A lot of stuff happened in the news uh, the mo- the biggest thing that happened was that basically Russia is probably going to invade Ukraine recent soon. It's probably going to happen soon. And, uh, yeah, there was also uh, a storm in Hawaii that left uh, hundreds of people in, in without power. Alright, this is a little jump cut because basically I've went on for eight minutes about why Russia was uh, trying to invade Ukraine, but I, I kind of got bored of explaining it myself, so I went back and saved everyone the time, the eight minutes of having to listen to that, and you know, I, I kind of, the way that I talk is kind of a ramble, because like I said, I don't have anything planned, so... Um, you know, I just listened back to what I was saying about the gym and yeah, it's definitely weird to make friends at the gym. I don't know why that is because it's like you see the same people every day on, on, if you go every day, you see the same people that also go every day, but you know what the gym attracts, like maybe not nowadays, but the gym normally attracts people that are a little bit more introverted. I don't know why it's kind of weird, but I kind of noticed that about the gym. Everybody there is a little bit introverted. I'm not sure, but um. anyways, what I want to talk about today is um, I still do want to talk about the Ukraine-Russia stuff. I don't want to just make the whole episode about it. Um, I probably will in the future. I, I, I know everything. I know, I know the history of the, the Russian Federation. Um, you know, Russia is one of the oldest countries. It's one of the oldest places to ever exist because it's in Europe. If you don't know, most of human civilization comes from Egypt and Italy, 
Like that's where the Romans and Greeks and Egyptians were. So yeah, Russia is also up there, and they've had their they've had their country for a long, long time. But um, basically, to summarize it really quickly, Ukraine used to be a part of Russia. Then it wasn't, and now some of Ukraine wants to be a part of Russia again, sir, supposedly, and so. Putin annexed it in 2014. Bunch of stuff happened, and now they're trying to get like more, more territory. That's it. That's pretty much it. It's just these people that have like this strong sentiment for how their country used to be. You know, I don't. I'm not Ukrainian. I don't know how the country's is, but I'm sure that if these people are willing to go to war with their own country, support of another country, which I guess they feel like they are. Soviets at the heart of them. Then I mean, it must be pretty serious. But the most interesting thing to come from this is that our country, the United States, 37 minutes ago, included 300 million dollars. 300 million dollars for Ukraine. This is an article from Reuters. U.S. lawmakers included efforts to push back against Russia and China in a compromise version of massive annual defense bill released on Tuesday, proposing 300 million for Ukraine's military and a statement of support for the defense of Taiwan. Geez, why am I not surprised? The defense of Taiwan. Let's just go defend this really small freaking country for absolutely no reason. But. But they omitted some measures. They had strong support in Congress, including a proposal to impose mandatory sanctions over the Russian Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline. So, if you guys don't know, basically Russia and Putin is like the owner of,、uh, I think it's a majority of the natural gas on the Earth, and they're making this huge pipe to just transport this stuff super fast. And、um, of course, so this article is saying. That the Congress omitted measures that had strong support in Congress, including a proposal to impose mandatory sanctions. So, if if、um, if Congress people were against imposing sanctions on the literal lifeline of the Russian economy, what might that have to say about the congressman? I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm just reaching, but I think that some congressmen in the United States have personal interest in the Russian pipeline, which is a direct conflict of interest if you're serving for the United States. But、uh, you know, that's just me. Anyways, it says, and it plans to subject women to the military draft for the first time. Oh, that was omitted, huh? So the fiscal 2022 National Defense Authorization Authorization Act. Why can't I read? Authorizes 770 billion in military spending. 25 billion more than requested by President Joe Biden, and about five percent more than last year's budget. That's right. We're still spending more and more money on the military every year. The bill, the result of intense negotiations. Includes a 2.7% pay increase for the troops, 
and more aircraft and Navy ship purchases. Alright, this is now the third time that I had to cut my podcast because this time I had to go open the door for Wesley, my dog, to get outside. And uh, honestly, it's kind of annoying to have to stop the podcast because now I have no clue what I was even talking about. And I don't feel like going back and listening to the whole thing just so that I can get my train of thought back. So I'm basically just going to talk about whatever I want for the next 30 minutes. Um, There's this book called The Four Agreements. And I recommend everyone to read this book because this book has pretty much changed my life. Ever since I read this book, I keep like seeing, I keep seeing things that I've read from it just show up in my life. And I'm just like, wow, this, this was in the four agreements. This is so true. And basically it, it's, it's kind of like a self-help book, but here's the idea. Um, the book takes inspiration from a set of spiritual beliefs, apparently from the Toltec people, which is like these um, Aztec or Meso, I think it's Colombian Mesoamerican culture. Um, so yeah, this guy claims that this old Colombian Mesoamerican culture that was like used to exist in like Mexico and Colombia. Uh, apparently, this information will help transform your life into an experience of freedom, true happiness, and love. So, of course, naturally, I had to read this. But the real reason why I read it is because one of my closest friends accidentally left it at my house just by complete accident. And I didn't even realize it until my mom asked me if it was my book about like two weeks after that. But yeah, this ended up being the best book that I've ever read. Everything in it is super true. Definitely changes your um, your perspective of the way that you interact with people, the way that you the way that you digest people's opinions. You know, everybody is their own. Uh, everybody is living in their own little ecosphere of thoughts and ideas. And every time we talk to somebody about those thoughts and ideas, it's just a projection. A lot of times, we're not even saying what we truly believe. Sometimes we'll just say something to somebody because we know that that's what they want to hear. And the reason why, apparently in this book, is because we want to appease people. We always want to, we always want to make people a little bit comfortable. And this might not even be something that you you notice, but anyway, let me get into what the book is about, and um, I guess a little overview of the book. Basically, the author, according to the author, everything a person does is based on agreements they have made with themselves and with others, and uh, could be with God and with life itself. In these agreements, people may tell themselves who they are how to behave, what is possible, and what is impossible. Some agreements that individuals create may not cause issues, but there are certain agreements that come from a place of fear and have the the power to deplete one's emotional energy as well as diminish your self-worth as a person. So the book basically says that these self-limiting agreements are what creates needless suffering. The author of the book 
Um, his name is Don Miguel Ruiz. He believes that to find personal joy, one must get rid of society-imposed and fear-based agreements that may subconsciously influence the behavior and mindset of, of your, your body. Another basic premise of the book suggests that much of suffering is self-created and that most of the time, individuals have the ability to transform themselves and the negative thoughts they have about situations occurring within their life. Ruiz identifies sources of unhappiness in life and proposes four beneficial agreements that one can make with oneself to improve one's overall state of well-being. So yeah, the book basically says that these four things, these four agreements that you make within yourselves, if you stick to these things, then you're bound to have a happy life. So, of course, everyone's wondering, what are the four agreements? What are the four agreements? I don't want to just tell you because, yeah, it's a really good book. You should read it for yourself and experience it. It's like one of those books that you'll get goosebumps while you're reading it because it's just so true. No matter what, since it's like a self-help, no matter who you are, it'll apply to you in some way. But I'll tell you the four agreements anyways. The first agreement is to be impeccable with your word. Basically, everything that you say you will or do, if you don't do it, then why should anyone trust you? It basically says that, um, you know, don't ever lie. Everything that you say that you're going to do, or don't prom don't make promises you can't keep, you know, don't, you just have to, if you say you're going to do something, you have to do it because that's trust and trust is the the basis of of your relationship with anyone. If you don't trust someone, then they could say anything, and you could just be like, "This, oh, this guy's just this guy's just a douche. I, I don't believe this guy." Agreement number two: Don't take anything personally. So, I'm not. I'm trying to not read like the descriptions of it. And I'm trying to just, like, understand what the agreement means to me. Don't take anything personally. This one is kind of hard to explain because, you know, sometimes people will directly say something negative to you. But it's important to know that having a strong sense of self and not needing to rely on the opinions of others in order to be satisfied with your own self-image is key you know everyone has a unique worldview and it alters your perception of everything the way that you grew up the places that you've been to the things and people that you know and have talked to everything that you've seen maybe you've been you know sheltered your whole life and you've never seen poverty so you don't understand it, or maybe vice versa. Everything that happens to you shapes your views and your thoughts. So that's why every time you have an interaction with somebody else, it's almost like interacting with an alien, somebody that's completely different from you. Even though we all have a general idea of the same things and the same facts, we have our own little misconstruisions of on them. And, um, you know, this is interesting. This is like, this is like philosophy stuff. This is like the stuff that I'm into. 
most people think that this stuff is really boring, but I don't know. I, I think it's really cool and interesting. Um, Ruse believes that anger, jealousy, envy, and even sadness can lessen or dissipate once an individual stops taking things personally. Actions and beliefs of a person is a projection of their own personal reality. So yeah, basically it's like everything you say is is projection, which, um, you know, take that as you will. Agreement three, don't make assumptions. The third agreement describes the issue of making assumptions, how it leads to suffering, and why individuals should not partake in making them. I love how they always like explain shit super scientifically. When one assumes what others are thinking, it can create stress and interpersonal conflict because the person believes their assumption is a representation of the truth. Breeze believes that a solution to overcoming the act of making an assumption is to ask questions and ensure that the communication is clear between the persons involved. Individuals can avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama by not making assumptions. So this, this one is huge. This one is basically like, yeah, you have to communicate. If you're not communicating all of your thoughts and feelings with whoever you're interacting with, then they're not going to know, and they're going to make assumptions about you. So if you like someone, then tell them. If you don't like someone, then tell them why. Agreement number four, always do your best. The fourth agreement allows readers to have better insight into achieving progress towards their goals in life. This agreement entails integrating the first three agreements into daily life and also living to one's full potential. It involves doing the best that one can individually manage, which varies from the different situations and circumstances that the individual may encounter. So yeah, that's all, you know, long words, BS, always try your best, don't make assumptions, don't take anything personally, and be impeccable with your word. Those are the four agreements. It sounds like it's just BS, because yeah, I just said it like that in one sentence. You have to read the book and experience it for yourself. To really understand its wisdom. But, um, you know, I've been passing it around to people that I know. And everybody that has read it has said the same thing. It literally changes your whole view on life. And it was published in 1997. This is an old book. So, that's the four agreements. I have no clue why I even just started talking about that, but it's a really good book. I recommend everybody to read it. Um, so, what else? The Four of Agreements. Oh, it says the book gained popularity after being endorsed by Oprah in 2001. I wasn't even born then. I wasn't even born and this book was on Oprah. Wow. That's crazy. I want to go on Oprah one day. The book was published in 1997 in California and has been translated to 46 languages. Well, that's pretty cool. Oh, apparently Tom Brady said, I take everything from it. There isn't a wrong word in that book. <laughs> wow, so this book has a pretty strong endorsement by Tom Brady. And, you know, he's he's fucking, he's an elite quarterback, so if he thinks that it's got something positive, then there's definitely something positive in there. Alright, anyways. Uh, I believe I was talking about the annexation of Crimea, or something about Russia. But, um, 
to be honest with you guys, it's getting kind of late, and I don't really want to record a super long podcast, just because I, I like to get my sleep, I like to get a good amount of sleep in, and um, I, I've been having a lot of dreams recently, because believe it or not, when you actually get a good amount of sleep, that's when you actually dream, and you know, dreams are always fun, because I feel like if you're if you're laying in bed and you're about to go to sleep, if you sit there and like imagine a dream or like try to I don't know, it's hard to say, but try to put yourself in a state where you're ready to enter a dream. It always works. It'll always happen as long as you believe in it and manifest it. <laughs> but um yeah, this probably sounds like BS, but I'm telling you, this is all comes from the four agreements as well. Um, let's just cover one more thing in the news is that Jelaine Maxwell, the accomplice of Jeffrey Epstein, is on trial right now in New York. Women whose accusations underlie the criminal sex trafficking case against Jelaine Maxwell, um, women are testifying against her. And, um, you know, there's a, a woman today that said that she would give Jeffrey Epstein nude massages at age 14. She testified in New York. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell stood there and heard all this. I mean, Ghislaine was there, probably was there when this happened originally. But, um, yeah, this is just horrible stuff. Um, it's horrible. Honestly, I, I don't. I don't really follow this story too close but it is in the news and basically all i have to say is that i hope this lady gets thrown in a pit of snakes for everything that she's done to all these people and uh it's crazy it's crazy because it's kind of it's kind of wild what i was saying about the internet and how the internet is so good and like net positive for humanity it also allows things like this under underwater fucking child sex trafficking ring to exist because through the internet it's pretty much you can directly communicate to people and it's just easily easy to be anonymous on the internet but you know this is horrible but i i have full trust that this lady is gonna get everything that's coming to her um She's 59 years old. I just don't understand why they did it. I don't understand um I don't understand any of it to be honest. I don't I don't understand it because it just seems like it's just evil. It just seems like evilness. And uh I hope that everybody involved gets found and prosecuted. Uh, updates on the Michigan school shooter. So apparently his parents hired a legal team. Accused Michigan high school shooter Ethan Crumley was given a court-appointed lawyer. Of course he was. You think his shit parents were going to have money for a lawyer? His Oh, wait. No way. His parents hired their own pricey private <laughs> I love how the article says pricey 
their own pricey private legal team to battle the lesser charges against them. Actually, I don't know why I was surprised about this. That makes sense. That means these parents are pretty much just have completely given up on their child. James and Jennifer Crumley, who were charged with involuntary manslaughter and as accessories in their 15-year-old son's first-degree murder case, have hired a team that includes Shannon Smith, who represented the gymnastics doctor Larry Nassar. Yeah, I love, like, the thing about me being a, a news podcast is that majority of my friends are going to have no clue who anybody, any, like, popular media figures are. Or just majority of you probably are only listening because I'm making this podcast and you probably just know me and think that it's a cool thing. But me personally, I actually have, you know, a lot of interest in the news and politics. And uh, yeah, I wish if, if you're out there and you're into politics and you want to you want to co-host and let me know, because I am definitely looking for a co-host. It's kind of hard to talk, take up the whole 40 minutes to just talk by yourself, but trying to make it work. Um, okay. Their son is being represented by court-appointed lawyer Paulette Michelle Lofton. What a name, Paulette Michelle Lofton. A little-known defense attorney from the Detroit suburb of Rochester. Oh, she must be so, like, shook right now. Ethan Crumley's face, life... I can't even read. Ethan Crumley faces life in prison if convicted on four counts of first-degree murder, terrorism, and seven counts of assault with intent to commit murder in the November 30th shooting that killed four. So, in some ways, the parents have a harder case than the kid, though. They're adults, and he's a child, and the dad bought him the gun. The mom made the social media posts and, uh, you know, the, the mom made, made really, really bad statements on social media. Um, apparently the, the dad purchased a nine mil semi-automatic handgun for his son, allegedly used in the shootings and refused to take him out of school after meeting with administrators. Uh, we've already been over this. He went. He got sent back to class, and he literally had a gun with him. He so he was in the principal's office, had had the strap on him, sat in the principal's office, got out. Three hours later, shot up five, shot up and killed five people. Another um, after another teacher caught the teen researching ammunition on his phone a day before the shootings. His mother texted him, "You have to learn to not get caught." Ethan's lawyer told the free press that she will not comment on the case until she has a chance to review all of the evidence against her client. Man, this 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 lady has a really, really hard case and hard time ahead of her. Um, I just feel bad for her, to be honest. But who knows, she'll probably get a lot of money. Apparently, a 24-year-old woman died over the weekend after being run over by a box truck in Brooklyn. Molly Pearson was riding a two-wheeled lime moped around 11.15 a.m. on November 2nd when she was hit by a white box truck at the intersection of Meeker and Skillman Avenues. Oh, that's fucking 
Oh, that that's that's horrible. That means that she got crushed. Well, this is old news now, but um yeah. So that's the update on the school shooter kid. His parents got their own uh, expensive lawyer while they condemned the kid to getting the shitty socialist court, uh, the socialist publicly appointed, you know, the, the servant of the people, the, the shitty one. You know, we'll call them shitty because even though it's the same exact job and the same exact thing that you would have to do, whether or not you you were paid a lot of money, it doesn't matter. You have to do the same exact thing. You have to examine the same exact evidence, and you should come up with the same exact conclusion. But yes, of course, we have some kind of we have this you know precedent that if you pay more money for something for some reason, it will be better. Like, all right, picture this: you're in China. You literally the factory to make whatever clothes you want is like within twenty miles of you. You know, you know what that means. They have super good duplicate fake name brand shit that looks exact like 100% real and it's made with fucking cheap ass materials and they get it for nothing meanwhile in the US we pretty much shop for brands everybody shops for brands it's consumerism everybody we're looking for brands but um let me not get into that right now um I could get into how Wait, what? Oh, wait. No, I don't care about that. Why is that a top story? Well, that's, that's weird. Um, there's an update on Travis Scott. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows that Travis Scott had a concert in which a bunch of kids were killed, a bunch of people were trampled to death. Travis Scott pretty much didn't give a fuck, didn't stop the concert. He knew that all these police and people were in the crowd. He even heard somebody yelling, stop, stop the, stop the concert. And then he fucking, he was like, who said stop the concert? And then he turned that shit up. But, um, yeah, so now the Houston law firm is filing against Travis Scott for $10 billion. The law firm currently represents 1,547 concert goers, more than any other firm involved with the case. Uh, they're demanding $10 billion for the resolution of more than 1,500 cases in the World Festival tragedy. So yeah, Travis Scott is screwed. There's no way that Travis Scott is going to be relevant probably ever again. Travis Scott is officially canceled, but, uh, you know, not, not really canceled. It's kind of just like, oh yeah, we've all realized that he's, he's just shitty. He's just always been shitty. This motherfucker didn't realize that people were dying at his concert. Like when people, uh, there was many people actively trying to stop the concert. There's even people that knew the, the gravity of the situation. Um, of course, the blame, I, personally, I don't think that the blame should be all on Travis Scott. But yeah, I don't think that this dude should, uh, I don't think that this dude is ever going to be known as like a, a good artist or a good person ever again. Um, 
What happened at Astro World was an unconscionable tragedy, and it is important that justice is served for all those impacted. Yeah, pretty much. That's a statement. Um, so yeah, Travis Scott is facing hundreds of lawsuits, all about negligence and misconduct. And he's going to get buried on all of them because he's 100% in the wrong. But don't worry, guys. This guy has $10 billion probably stashed away somewhere. He's ready to pay it off. And he's still going to be living the life of a millionaire after he declares bankruptcy. He probably just takes a big fat vacation. So um, there's only one more thing that I wanted to cover today. A really, really big victory for um, the United States. You know, it's a small victory, but really, really big. I'm sure that most people, even anybody that follows the news, probably doesn't know. But a statue of an early Ku Klux Klan member and the Confederate general that long raised the ire of motorists along Iron Interstate 65 in Tennessee was removed Tuesday morning from the private property where it had sat for decades. The owner of the land where the statue of Nathan Bedford Forrest stood died recently. The man, Bill Doris, left the property to the Battle of Nashville Trust, and the group had the statue removed. What a, uh, what a dumbass. This motherfucker had the statue of Nathan Bedford Forrest on his property for all this time. And even in his will, he decided that he was going to leave it to some whatever Tennessee trust company. But this company came back around. And slapped this motherfucker in his grave and said, we're going to remove that shit, motherfucker. The statue of Force is ugly, and even he would think so, the trust said in a statement. Force was not present at the Battle of Nashville, and the property has no historical significance. Democratic State Senator Heidi Campbell said the statue's removal was great news. Um, of course, of course she said that. As Oak Hill mayor, I implored the state to allow vegetation to grow in front of it. She tweeted. That's funny. That's that's really funny. But, uh... Wait, this was a statue? Dude, this statue is, is ugly as hell. It's a really strange-looking statue. This is, like, the ugliest statue I've ever seen. It's, it's hardly... It can hardly even be considered a statue. Um, it literally just looks like some, 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 somebody just drew it and somebody actually made it a statue. That's crazy. I didn't even know this, this, this is what it looked like for everyone listening. You're going to have to Google, um, Nathan Bedford Forrest statue in Tennessee. So you can see this thing is here. Let me see what. Let me see what people would see if they actually did Google it. Nathan Bedford Forrest, uh, Tennessee statue. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you'll see it. This this is the weirdest statue ever. Uh, it's like it's like cartoony. It's not even like legitimate statue, dude. They should have taken this thing down just because it's just so. It's just artistically so ugly. This thing should have been taken down a long time ago. But yeah, huge dub for us. That shit got taken down. 
suck my dick if you want that statue. If you're mad that that statue got taken down, suck my dick. And uh, that's going to be it for this podcast. You know, it was a weird one. It was a late night one. And, you know, I I didn't really have anything to talk about. I never have anything to talk about. But I'm always going to try to pump these out. Like I said, it's just like a personal journal for me. Just to get my thoughts and ideas out and to force myself to do something as a hobby. But I think that some people will find it interesting and I do have a little little tidbits of information that are useful to you. So if you like my podcast, um, tell somebody else about it because right now I only have like two or three listeners. But thanks for listening and good night, everyone. Mm-hmm.